Join Planet Fitness now through March 16th and get the PF Black Card for zero enrollment in $22.99 a month. You'll enjoy an upgraded experience with tons of perks. Like access to more than 2,000 locations worldwide? Yep. Super soothing hydro massage chairs? Yes. Can I bring a friend every time? Sure. Can my friend be a horse? Mm, nay. Uh, sorry. Get the PF Black Card and feel fit-tacular. Zero enrollment, $22.99 a month. Deal ends March 16th. See club for details. Blog Talk Radio.
Good evening, good evening. Welcome to Blessed by Grace Radio Thursday night, Food for the Soul Bible Study Session. Tonight is January the 7th, 2021. Yes, it is our first Thursday back in the new year. We are on for Bible study, Food for the Soul Bible study. We have 52 more Thursdays to go, so join us for all the rest of the 52 Thursdays. We are so elated tonight. You could be here with us live on the air. Those of you in Radio Land, we thank you. We truly thank you for giving us a successful 2020. And whatever your 2020 was, it may not have been what it looked like, but if you made it over, the Lord has something in store for you. This year of 2020 is to get ready to walk into your purpose. If you're ready, let's walk in it together. I don't know your purpose and you don't know mine, but let us both walk into the purpose that God has for our life together. So yours and mine will walk into our own destiny, our own purposes, and we will do what God has called upon us to do. That is why he spared us yet another year and another day. We don't know what the rest of 2021 will bring, but whatever it is, we need to be wrapped up, caught up in Jesus' arms. That way we will have the opportunity for whatever he calls us to do. We will be right there ready like a soldier in the army, standing at a moment's notice, ready, ready, ready. Don't get ready. Be ready already. So we are so elated for you tonight to be here in Radio Land. We thank you so much for all of your blessings and you just being on the air with us. So tonight when I was thinking about the radio and the fact that it's our first Thursday, and, you know, I always say this meaning right here, that God's grace is sufficient. And so I wanted to talk about that because some people may not know where that word or that meaning comes from. It is actually in the Bible. It's not something I made up. It comes from 2 Corinthians 12 and 9, meaning of my grace is sufficient for you. 2 Corinthians 12 and 9 says, but he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. Now, to explain that all, because you're probably wondering, well, what does all that mean? It's just Paul. He was claiming that God had given him a thorn in his flesh in order to prevent him from becoming conceited. Paul was somebody that God had trusted, one of his trusted people, not the only one he trusted, but one of his trusted people. And anytime God gives you a great gift, sometimes you become big-headed or you become conceited. You think you're better than someone or something. And so God had, of course, had to make sure that Paul knew to not be conceited because of his powerful experiences and revelations from God. He said that he had pleaded with God to remove the messenger from Satan, 2 Corinthians 12 and 8, but God's reply was what we learned about in verse 9, which repeatedly says, but he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses, so that Christ's power may rest on me. So that means that what Christ is giving us, we ought to let that light shine and not us boasting. Now, God would not have us stand in our own strength. He would have us rely on him alone. Just as Gideon was surprised of the truth for a human victory over Israel's enemies in Jude 7, God would deprive us of anything in ourselves that would boast of our own might in the life God has called us to. That is, you know, if you say, oh, well, my alarm woke me up. No, the alarm didn't wake you up. Yes, of course, you heard it. You hit the buzzer because you're tired of the noise. But the Lord actually, he breathed the breath of life into you. He put 
the hearing in your ears. So once the alarm went off at its appointed time, you would hear it and push the button to put it on snooze for five minutes or just spring up like a young chicken, wake up and start your day. But it wasn't the alarm that woke you up. God actually allowed you to come to the hearing and the knowledge that the alarm was going off. So you have to give God that praise for him waking you up in the morning. And anything that you have the ability to do, a lot of us in church say, I thank God for the uses of my limbs and being in my right mind. Well, yeah, you can't use your arms and your hands, your feet and all that, your mind, your eyesight, your hearing, and your all your five senses without God giving them to you. Somebody didn't wake up with their five senses this morning. Somebody didn't wake up, use this other limbs this morning. Somebody's paraplegics for life. They have no usage, no feeling, no anything. But you have that, but not by your own choices, not by, by your own willingness. The Lord gave you that. He allowed you to have that. And because of that, we should give him the praise. We should be so forever grateful that he gave us that. We didn't give it to ourselves, let me tell you. Uh, there's been a many days I've been in pain, couldn't move. My, my leg was out from my neuropathy. But, but God, he knew what I needed. I called out his name, and he allowed my legs to have movement. He allowed me to get up and walk that same day. So we have to give God that praise. And you can't be upset with God. Paul used the opportunity to give God praise and to boast about Christ alone. Now, that does come from 1 Corinthians 1 and 31. Now, Paul had come to love the fact that he had died and that his life was now hidden with Christ and God, which is Colossians 3 and 3. He also devised the results that came about with his surrendering to God's will for his life, even the hardship of the humbling thorn. Now, I'm about to sum this up. So pretty much what Paul is saying is he loved that he was born again within Christ and that now he could be humble and do what God has asked of him to do. And now he could shout it from the rooftop. He could brag about it. He could be conceited about his God. But not to be conceited about himself, not to be conceited about his own accolades, not to brag or boast about his accolades. He would let God's light within him shine where people could see the God in him. That's what you can brag about, how good your God is. That's what you can boast about. That's what you can be excited about, how good your God is how good our God is, which is Jesus Christ. We can boast and be proud about everything he's done in our life. But don't boast, oh, I'm this, I'm that. No. In God's eyes, we're all the same. He loves us all the same. I thank you guys for letting me share what I'm learning about, researching about. Hope it's inspirational to you because it inspires me too. And now for the real word, where we're all waiting for the man of God to come and teach and preach us was thus a say of the Lord. Ladies and gentlemen, the Honorable Dr. Bishop Osama, God bless you, and we thank you. God bless you, Radio Land, tonight. This is the day the Lord has made, and let us be glad and rejoice there in it. My beloved, tonight, amen, let us pray together like never before for our world. Amen. Is in an uproar, in a crisis right now. Let us lay aside, amen, every weight and every sin that easily beset us. And let us go to God humbly and ask God to restore his blessing back upon America. We are so grateful tonight to be able to come to you again. Amen. And thank God for that little sermonette. 
Amen. Come from my granddaughter, letting you know, amen, her opinions about the word of God. We praise God for any young person that has dedicated their lives to the Lord. We're going to bring you food for a thought tonight. And I pray, amen, that it will be food for a thought in your life. Thank God, amen, for all of those that are listening to us on a different podcast. We we praise God for you. Amen. And you telling somebody else about the word of God, we are so grateful. You helping me spread the word of God. The Bible says, go ye into the world and preach the gospel unto every creature. He that believeth shall be saved, and he that believeth not shall be damned. So you helping me, amen, preach the gospel, amen, of Jesus Christ. We're going to call your attention tonight, amen, to 2 Corinthians, the 6th chapter, uh, verse 17 and verse 18. And 2 Corinthians 7, chapter, verse 1, 1 Peter 1, 14 through 16, and 1 Peter 2, 9 and 11. That is 2 Corinthians 6, 17 through 18, 2 Corinthians 7 and 1, 1 Peter 1, 14 through 16, and 1 Peter 2, 9 through 11. The Apostle Paul, amen, is talking to us, the Christians. Can I direct this message to the believers? I pray, amen, that anybody here that is attended, amen, to this Bible study tonight will hear, but I definitely want to talk to the believers in the hour and time that we are living in. Paul, amen, told these Corinthians in the second chapter, amen, in verse 6 through 17 and 18, he says, come out from among them and be ye separated, says the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you. And will be a father unto you, and ye shall be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. Second Corinthians 7 and 1 says, Having therefore these promises, dear beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. First Peter one fourteen through sixteen says, as obedient children. Not fashion yourselves according to the former lust in your ignorance. But as he which has called you is holy, so be ye holy in all manner of conversation. 
because it is written, Be ye holy, for I am holy. First Peter 2, 9 and 11. But you are a chosen generation. Your royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people, that you shall show forth the praises of him who has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light, which in time past were not a people, but are now the people of God, which has not obtained mercy, but now has obtained mercy. Dear beloved, I beseech you as strangers and pilgrims, Abstain from fleshly lust, which wars against the soul. The call to holiness. There is a voice is calling you tonight unto holiness. No matter what denomination we are under according to the scripture and that is what we abide by is the word of God God is calling his people is to be holy first Thessalonians 4 and 7 says for God has not called us Unto uncleanness, but unto holiness. When God had this written, He was talking to every born again believer that is looking to go back with Him. We must be holy. Paul is telling these Corinthians. It's time now for you to come out from among them. And them is referring to church people that don't believe in holiness. It is referring to people of the world. He said, come out from among them and be separated. Many of us don't want to separate ourselves from peoples. We don't want to separate ourselves from so-called Christians. But the writer here is letting us know that it's a time that comes that you've got to come out from among them and be ye separated, says not Bishop Moore, or no other man but says the Lord. God is calling for holiness. God holy nature. God has a holy nature. His spirit is holy. His word is holy. His dwelling place is holy. His name is holy. 
God's holy nature. Israel was a holy people. Israel was an example to the heathen. Israel was a peculiar treasure. God's holy church. The church is a dwelling place for his spirit. The church is a dwelling place for his spirit. The church is a preservative of truth. I'm not talking about the building, but I'm talking about you that has come and accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior. You that have been baptized in the name of Jesus for the remission of your sin and have received the gift of the Holy Ghost, speaking another tongue as the Spirit give you uttering the Lord is saying, come out from among those that don't believe. The church is a preserving of truth. The church is a light to the world. No matter how dysfunctional the world is, Jesus is saying to the saints of God, let your light shine. No matter how dark society is, we are not to join with the darkness of society, but we are to let our light shine. The beauty of holiness. It reflects our attitude. Some of our attitude is very low. Some of our attitude reflects that we don't even know in our actions. Come out from among them and be ye separated, says the Lord. The new birth experience it is a magnificent thing when Jesus Christ gave us the new birth he said you must be born again every born again believer must been put on the nature of a new man All the old man is there, but the old man should not be alive in our lives is to make us obey him. He did not speak of a plan of salvation that would bind individuals into a dread or despair or despondence. Rather, he spoke of an opportunity for salvation that would free men and women from the bondage of sin. Yes, we were born in sin and shaped in iniquity. Just as we were born in the sin, when we put on the new birth, we are born out of sin. We put on the new man. 
which is renewed in righteousness. When we are born again, we begin to live above the degenerated degeneration of this world. We live above that. We don't want to do what the world is doing. We don't want that spirit in our lives if you're really, truly born again. You don't even want the lyrics of the music to be played on your soul. You don't want the intoxication of drinking. You don't want the words of lying and cheating. When you're really born of Jesus, we begin to live above this degenerated world and begin a new life of righteousness. Our mind, I'm talking about the saints' mind, our mind is built up every day on righteousness. It is built up on peace. It is built up on joy in the Holy Ghost. You can find that in Romans, the 14th chapter and verse 17. If your mind is not built up on righteousness, when you say that you are experiencing a new birth, you ought to breathe Jesus. You ought to eat Jesus. You ought to lay down with Jesus. You ought to get up with Jesus. We died to sin. When we repented of our sin, we died. We died to sin. If you die now, you don't have to die no more. Die. Die to that old man. Die to the deed of that old man. We died to sin. Come out from among them and be ye separated, says the Lord. You can be my son that I'll, amen, and my daughters, and I'll be your God. The former life of bondage is put behind us, and it is buried, amen, in water baptism. It's put behind us. Some people say you can't live without sinning. When you put on the nature of Jesus Christ, you live as the righteous. You live as the peace. You let the joy of the Holy Ghost lead you. You can live without sinning. It does not mean that thoughts of sin will not come to your mind. But just because they come to your mind, you don't have to serve those thoughts. You don't put on a new nature. And the Lord has given you power is to rebuke those thoughts that come to you that is not like Jesus Christ. We are filled with the Holy Ghost and speaking with other tongues as the Spirit of God give us utterance. Church, Read it for yourself. This is not Dr. Moore trying to impress anything upon you. But if you are a believer, the Bible says we are full, uh, we are filled with the Holy Ghost. We began to speak in other tongues 
as the Spirit of God give us utterance. Tongue is important. Tongue is a sign. It is a sign to the unbeliever that God has did a supernatural thing within you that you couldn't have done yourself. Come out from among them. When you were buried in water, you were buried, amen, for the remission of your sin. You left your sins behind you, and you rolled up walking in the newness of life. Through these faith respond. We are to be born again. We become new men and women in Christ Jesus. As babes in Christ, we learn a new manner of living, striving daily to reflect the character of our Lord. We are new creatures when we come to Christ, but every day we learn to put on the nature of God. And his nature is holiness. In our attitude, in our action, in our appearance, you got to have the right kind of attitude when you serve in the living and true God. We got Christians today have poor, bad attitude. And that makes me wonder have you ever been really filled with the Holy Ghost? Because when you really feel with the Holy Ghost, God changes your attitude. Your attitude shows your aptitude, how much you don't grow in our attitude and in our actions. What kind of action are you showing? Are you living like a Christian should? Are your parents a man? Is like a man, a woman of God, or, or like the world? Don't let nobody tell you amen. That God and your appearance don't mean nothing to God. Your appearance means uh, a, a, a great deal to the Lord. At the moment of salvation, holiness is a part to us through the Spirit as a result the death of Christ Jesus on the cross. Yes, he did die. His blood washed away our sin. It was the blood of Jesus that washed away our sin. We stand holy when we repent of our sin. We stand holy before God. Afterward, we demonstrate the good work as we are called To uncleanness, but unto wholeness. We are not called unto uncleanness. Woman, man of God, young and old, 
if you are doing things that is unclean, whether it's to the flesh or the spirit, you need to go back and be washed again. God have not called us on uncleanness, unclean mind, unclean thoughts, unclean deeds. God have not called us on the uncleanness. I'm thinking about my brother Isaiah. Isaiah, amen, thought that he was clean because, amen, he worked for the king. But when King Uzziah died, Isaiah said, I also saw the Lord. His eyes were open. He didn't know he was dwelling among people of unclean lips. There are many of you is dwelling among people with unclean lips, saying all kind of perverse words, but they still say, I know Jesus. God does not dwell in no unclean temper. His blood washed away our sin. We stand holy before God. Afterward, we demonstrate the good works as we are not called unto uncleanness, but unto holiness. First Thessalonians 4 and 7. The joy we find in forgiveness, it inspires us to live our life in a manner that pleases God. Oh, thank God for forgiveness. We be like Enos. The Bible says Enos plead God. Ought to be every Christian priority. Amen. Is to plead God. He walked with God and he plead God. His attitude was right with God. His prayer life was right with God. God is calling every born-again believer unto holiness. God's holy nature. If we are to please God, we need to understand the nature of God. Holiness is an essential aspect of his nature. God is holy. God is holy. God is calling us, he said, be ye holy. That was talking about Baptist. That was talking about Church of God in Christ. That was talking about Pentecost. That was talking about apostolic, Methodist. Ever what you is, God is saying, be holy. Be ye holy. Through the scripture, from the days of Mount Sinai, Leviticus 20 and 7 says, the call of holiness is initially in a wine with the nature of God. God, amen, is saying, be holy. 
be holy. Come out from among them and be ye separated, said the Lord. Many of us ignoring God. We don't we don't want to come out from among them. We don't want to come out from worldly sound. But I hear the Lord saying tonight, come on out. If you're going to honor me, you're going to obey me, come out from among them. Everything that exists in his presence must be holy, must be clean, and it must be righteous. Now, if you exist in the presence of God, you've got to be holy. You gotta be clean and you got to be righteous. You got to put on that, that, that kind of character, that kind of nature. His spirit is holy. When you say amen that I have the spirit of the Lord, you are saying I am holy. From eternity past. God has possessed the characteristic of holiness. That's what the Lord is saying to every born-again believer tonight is to be ye holy. Who is likened unto thee? Who is likened unto God? Nobody. O Lord, among the gods, who is Thee, he is glory in holiness, fearful in praise. He does wonders. My God, when you praise him, it's not just a mere thing getting excited, but amen, he's fearful in praise. You ought to reverend him when you praise him. You ought to honor him when you praise him. He is fearful in praise, Exodus 15 and 11. Some people don't ever get emotion. But I tell you, when you know him in the beauty of his holiness, you can't help from getting emotionally. The holiness of God is his glory. The holiness of God is his glory. His cleanliness. God is clean. God is clean. It is his righteousness. And it is his pureness are the essential of God. He is holy in the bedrock truth of the Christian. Oh, he is holy in the bedrock truth of a Christian, if you say that you are a Christian, you will acknowledge, amen, that Jesus is holy, and you got to be holy like Jesus. Christian faith are the foundation of all moral behavior because he is holy. There is no barrenness in him. See James 1 and 17. Yes, God is the spirit. 
And the Spirit is a Holy Spirit. That Spirit is a Holy Spirit. Can you hear the Lord calling you today? Church, are you to put on the nature of Jesus today? His word is holy. John 1 and 1 says, In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. Those were holy words. God is holy. That which belonged to him is holy. If you belong to the Lord, you are also holy. But if you don't belong to him, you are not holy. Furthermore, among that which is identified as God and with God is his word. God's word is holy. It identifies who God is. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. All of those are holy words. The world was framed by the word of God. Hebrew 11 and 3. And the word of God came to the prophets. And through the ages has been demonstrated to be infallible. God's word don't lie. We might misunderstand it. We may not have a revelation of it, but God's word don't lie. God's word told us right up to the day the condition that the world was going to be in. If you read the word of God, God's word has already foreseen this because he knows the beginning from the end. He done told us what condition we're going to be in. But he told the children of God to be holy. Don't let no, don't let nothing take your holy nature away. God's word, it is distant. And it is set apart from the word of other prophets. God's word is different from other prophets, other teachers, or wise men. For his word has never failed. God's word has never failed and never will fail. First King 8 and 56. When the word were made flesh, John 1, 14, the Word, the Spirit was made flesh. When the Word was made flesh, even the flesh was holy and without sin. Hebrews 4 and 15, when the Word was made flesh, that flesh was not a sinful flesh. He come in the likeness of sin to condemn sin in the flesh. That word was holy. God's word came to the writer of the scripture as holy men of God spake 
as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. Some people wonder, amen, how, why the Bible is so direct. It was a holy, it was the Holy Spirit that was upon man and allowed man to be inspired by it, and they wrote as God directed them. Second Peter 1 and 2. When holy words were transcribed by holy men, an infallible book was born. We call that, amen, the Bible, which is the word of God. If you read your Bible, you can hear from God every day. His word is holy. It is pure and it's clean and it is righteous and it never changed. Now, amen, if you don't put on the nature of God, you ought to put on righteousness, you ought to put on cleanliness, and you ought to put on holiness. He dwells in a place of holiness. Isaiah 57, 15 says, For thus says the highest and lofty one that inherits eternity, whose name is holy. His name is holy. When you call Jesus, you call it a holy name. I dwell in the highest and the holy places. Psalm 47 and 8 says, God sitteth upon the throne of his holiness. God, amen, don't have no unclean thing around him. He's sitting on the throne of holiness, of righteousness, of peace. God is holy, and wherever he dwells, it is a holy dwelling place. Everywhere God dwells, it is a holy place. Before this Shekinah presence of God entered the tabernacle of Moses, the tabernacle was sanctified, and it was honored under God. But it was the presence between the cherubim and the holy of holiness that made the tabernacle holy. God was in the midst of the cherubim that made that place holy. Except the high priest, on the day of atonement, he could go in once a year. When you go before the presence of the Lord, you got to be clean. You got to be clean. You can't be guilty in the presence of the Lord. We got so many Christians is confessing Jesus, amen, and they are filthy. Their spirit is filthy. Bohushanda. Glory be to Jesus. In David's day, Zion, the dwelling place of the Ark of the Covenant, was called the Mount of His Holiness. Psalm 48, 1 and 2. When Solomon's temple was completed, 
The glory of the Lord filled the house as he sanctified it to himself. Second Chronicles 7 and 2 through 12. It became a holy place. His spirit took residence there. God dwelling is always a holy place. Psalm 93 and 5. Isaiah 63 and 50 is his place. Is, is God dwelling in you? I'm talking about to the church. Is God dwelling in you? Are you clean? Have you been washed to that person's blood that flowed from Calvary? His name is holy. God's name has always been an integrity part of himself. The presence and the name of God are in interrelated. As his presence is holy, so his name is holy. And the Lord is saying to the church, be ye holy. In all kind of conversation, be holy. You are not letting your words slip and saying, excuse my French. You don't know Jesus. If any man cannot brawl his tongue, James 1, 26 says, his religion is in vain. When you put on the nature of Jesus, those words don't slip. There is only one name given to man by which they can be saved. That is in Acts 4 and 12. One name, one name given unto man where he can be saved. The single name of a single God deserves great reference. His name is holy. His name is right. His name is clean, pure, and without equality. God's name is to be praised and never profaned. Leviticus 20 and 3, 22 and 2. God's name is holy. So when you put that name in your mouth and call it on that name, remember the holy Yahweh. Remember you call it a holy name, a clean name. But are you holy? Are you clean? Calling upon a holy God? When Moses was on the backside of the mountain and he saw that bush burning and would not consume, God said, pull off your shoes. For the ground you stand on is holy ground. When you in the presence of God, amen, you ought to give him reverence. You ought to give him respect. You ought to give him glory and honor when you're in his presence. 
Israel was a holy people. God chose the people of Israel to be his people. From all other nations of the earth, God chose Israel to be his people. God chose them in Abraham and confirmed the promise of Jacob. However, it was not until they were called out of Egypt that they obtained a distant identity as a nation. They had to be called out of sin for they were able to obtain a distant identity as a nation. It was at Mount Sinai that God confirmed them as his people. You are my people. Deuteronomy 7 and 6 says, For thou art a holy people unto the Lord thy God. They were supposed to be a holy people. The Lord thy God has chosen thee to be a special people unto himself above all people that are upon the face of the earth. Amen. They was to set an example for the rest of the world. Christians are to set an example for the rest of the world. When you say that you are a Christian, you ought to set an example for the rest of this heathen world. Israel was a nation that was dedicated to the glory of God. Her nation identified was based in her identity. The lifestyles of the people were to glorify God. That's what God put them here, was to glorify God. Their daily existence was to be a testimony of his goodness, his holiness and his superiority over all things. That was their testimony, how good, how great God is. They were put here to glorify God. When God brought Israel out of Egypt, he placed a special anointing on his people. I'm wondering, amen, when he brought you out of Egypt. I'm talking about to the church now. Did God place a special anointing on you? When he brought you out of the world, amen, God also better place a special anointing on you. The nation around them feared them because of the presence of the Lord in the camp of Israel. The nation feared Israel because the presence of God was there. When people around you, church, can they feel the presence of God? Do they know you've been really changed? Deuteronomy 2 and 25. Israel was known among the heathen for her beauty and countenance that the Lord had placed on her. Ezekiel 16 and 14. And they praise God and give glory to the Lord. They were being a light unto the world. 
and they live their lives according to the law and the ordinance of Moses delivered to them. The Israelites demonstrated the blessing of serving God to the nation around them, saying it was a blessing. It's a blessing. It's a blessing to serve God. In the midst of all the darkness that we are going through tonight, I can say it is a blessing is to serve God. Every born again Christian ought to be able to say it is a blessing to serve a holy and a living God. The nation had the nation who had inhabited Canaan prior to Israel conquer. They were cast out of the land because of their iniquity or because of their sin. Israel was an example of the glory and beauty, beauty of righteousness to the old nation and the others who live around them. You got to be holy. God's church is to be a holy church. He's calling you. The church of God is a masterpiece of mercy. The church, the word church, was found first mentioned when Jesus said, I will build my church in Matthew 16 and 18. When he spoke these words, the church had not yet began. The church began when the Spirit of God was poured out in Jerusalem. On the day of Pentecost, God began his church when it was born on the day of Pentecost. They all were filled. Are you filled tonight with the Holy Ghost? And began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit of God gave them utterance. And there was added to the church individuals collected. The church, amen, is a resident. Oh, the Spirit of God. God ought to be residing in your life right now. Is it Dr. Moore saying, God bless you, food for thought tonight, be, amen, the call of holiness. Be ye holy, for I am holy, and holy without no man shall see the Lord. May God richly bless you. That was beautiful coming from Dr. Moore. Thank you for tuning in and listening in. We'll be back next week. God bless and God speed. Bye-bye.